great. Yes. Yes. That's where I'm fixated. I was at work when I listened to that song for the first time. Listen, not heard. When I listened and I was like, and it's 6.15 in the morning and I am like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Have you ever, like, I stopped people's days that day and was like, hi, yeah, what's well, great. I got your drinks. Listen, before you order, have you ever listened to the words to the Pina Colada song? <laughs> like, it fucked me up all day. Oh, yeah. I got D at the counter with it first. I was like, D, this is to explain something with your generation to me. There are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. In space. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Kaka, but in bad. <laughs> Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Casey? I know you may have been drinking, but it doesn't discredit the fact that you're missing time and your butt hurts. It's Don't Get Probe Month. <laughs> We're watching alien movies. Nobody's going to victim blame or shame you. It's you a good way probed, to celebrate the spooky fault. season. Yeah. 1-800-YOU-GOT-PROBED. We are watching all alien films. So last week, I brought Suburban Commando starring our favorite alien, Hulk Hogan. The Hulkster. So mahogany he looks like a couch <laughs> we just got rid of it, actually if we would have like thrown a stringy blonde wing on, wig on a couch why didn't we we should call my cousin for that couch back sorry i need it back now i'm gonna need the hulkster back <laughs> what i didn't realize my son dave you went in a less family friendly direction mm -hmm. this week Bonk, bonk, horny jail. What did you bring? Yeah, I went with a movie that I didn't know much about when I chose it, which may or may not have been a mistake. We'll probably talk about it. I did because I Googled, imaged it, and the first six images were just full frontal nudity. I'm like, <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Dave. Is this an Andy Sedaris film? No, <sighs> it's not. So no, because her boobs are real. <laughs> true. That's true. That's, fair. That's a good That's point. He could That's never. Fair. fair argument. I basically just watched the scene where Patrick Stewart talked with a lady voice and went, yeah, let's watch this. <laughs> so uh, we watched a movie from 1985 that initially flopped on release and went on to be kind of a cult classic uh, based on a book called The Space Vampires, which is a much great better title. name. Yeah. A much better name. We watched instead the much more boringly titled Life Force. Dave, to get a sense of this film, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. We're Here's your setup. We're going to need a too. <laughs> I got some gabapentin for Shadow. She had a vet appointment this week. I don't know what will uh -huh. happen if I take it. but like. You're going to have to snort it to make sense of this film. <laughs> Dave, I have good news. Your childhood dream of becoming an astronaut has come true, yes. and you're in space. I have oh, man. bad news for you. You rolled up on a 150-mile-long alien ship and thought, yeah, I don't have any weapons or anything, but I'm going to go explore this bitch. So in the 10 seconds before you find out why that was a terrible fucking idea, sell us on this movie. 
Astronauts find a dick ship in Halley's Comet full of horny space vampires they bring home to steal the souls of London. Five seconds, and when you said dick ship, I lost my shit. Yes, I, I'm so glad it. you, it was it a dick a ship. It really it was. Had head, it had balls. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was a dick ship. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about that in a minute, but yes, all the way. And I was like, I know someone's going to be like, wow, you're so juvenile. No, I'm not. I, in I the just context, no. In the context of Life Force, you're not being juvenile, and we'll get to that later. You remember the end of Austin Powers 1 when Dr. Evil blasts off? Like, you could have inserted this yeah. footage into that scene, and the jokes yeah. all worked. Uh, so, Casey... You were smart enough. You didn't go on to the alien ship, though you are on the spaceship you, uh, no. with us. You know, you stayed on the shuttle. You're being smart about this. Um, and all of the Hennessy's on the shuttle. Yeah. Well, yes. Also, <laughs> all of the honey is on the shuttle. So of course you're not. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, Jay was wrong. That ship going on that ship worked out super well for me. Nothing happened. I got to see some cool alien eggs. And it, something hugged my face at one point. It was great. Um, I got a little bit of a stomachache now, but that's fine. So I'm chilling with you back on the shuttle now. Um, and my stomachache just started getting a lot worse. Uh, you've got about 10 seconds before my stomachache becomes your real world problem. In the time before that happens, sell us on this movie. Adapted from a book called The Space Vampires, this is a very horny film about space vampires. Also, there's no gays in the universe. Six seconds. <laughs> There's no gays. <laughs> I, Are you telling me I, England well, had no gays know, in the 80s? I'm not I mean, making that comment. I have some arguments to make about the SAS guy. I wish that this film was called Space Vampires. I really wish that they it was. Apparently, Canon thought it would be two Canon films. So instead, today, when we go over the movie that shitty cinema watched, it's just going to be Life Force. But it's Space Vampires, Okay also could have used an 80s-style jam about space vampires. I know! Yeah, Where's there was... Missed opportunity. Also, canon, there was no montage. I don't like a canon film that doesn't have a montage. This is what it looks like when canon tries to make a serious film. Because that's was what they did. Was this a canon film? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and this was their attempt yes. to be serious. This was supposed I to be didn't... not a low-budget movie. And it's one of their most expensive films. The Space Shuttle Churchill, crewed by Colonel Tom Carlson, is out exploring Halley's Comet. In its wake, they find a 150-mile-long spaceship and decide, fuck it, let's board that bitch. I mean, I have seen the Aliens movies, so, like, I'm not getting on (laughs) Halley's Comet shit. No. Right. Well, maybe it's not Aliens, Dave. After all, the crew finds three naked humans in suspended animation coffins, which is, you know, totally normal. It's just naked people in glass display cases. When we cut back to Earth, the Churchill is now wandering through orbit like a drunk weaving through a crowd. The rescue mission discovers the inside was burnt out and everyone is dead except for the three bodies which are in their retail boxes untouched. Yeah, somebody really wanted to preserve the collector's value on these. (laughs) I know, right? So, quick math. Um, Shuttle is totally unresponsive, floating in orbit. Check. Uh, inside, totally burnt out. All of the crew on board are mysteriously dead. Check. Uh, Probably got... the fire, but okay. It's not really a mystery when everything got barbecued. I, my <laughs> assumption would probably be the fire. Fair. Uh, we've got three bodies that did not leave Earth that are in perfect shape, floating just mysteriously inside glass jars. Check. 
And government's like, yeah, well, let's take all this back to Earth, see what's up with it. Yeah, you're good at math, Dave. Someone ought to be, because nobody in this fucking movie is worried about any of the space cooties they should be. Right! And, like, in Life Force, space cooties means that the naked woman wakes up on the autopsy table and sucks the life out of some young dude, because she's actually a space vampire. She ends up turning him into an old, desiccated corpse, like she's draining out their life force. Even the young dude that's drained comes back to life like a vampire spawn. Like, it's they're just doing <laughs> space vampires. Why didn't you call them space vampires? <laughs> I know! Because we're classing it up. It's like when Elizabeth Berkeley did showgirls instead of just porn. <laughs> Anyways, things get more interesting because the Churchill escape pod is found with Colonel Carlson alive. Yeah, and Carlson gives this fantastic story about how the crew died one by one because the naked box woman used her psychic powers. Because they're space vampires with psychic powers. Okay, I've got a question about that real quick. (laughs) Okay. He said they died one by one. And then later in the movie, it shows him like walking around being like, whoa, everybody's dead. But they all died at their workstation. So, like, one guy shows up to work and his partner's already at his station. He's like, Steve, you're early. And he turns him around and he's like that barbecue corpse thing. And he's like, <laughs> wow, Steve, you look like shit. And oh flips him back around and, like, doesn't realize he's that. Like, why did, if they died one by one, why were they all, like, buckled into their seats? Can I suggest work. that a much better movie would have been that office buddy comedy where he doesn't realize that he's dead and we right. get to see that play out through the day as he's or doing like, his why job? Is no one like dead in the kitchenette. Like they're getting coffee while do- like, <laughs> we I'm, don't hang out in the same place all the in, time. In my version, the last guy sees this as he's walking through and goes, you know, it's not in my job description dealing with that shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to clock in, do my job. <laughs> I'm the other way where I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't get paid enough to do this. So I'm going back to bed. I like the idea of these fucking astronauts as burnt out retail workers that are just punching a clock. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're still what the one guy's like, I haven't seen a broad in six months. And this woman's like, I'm right here. So the woman had used these people to feed on the crew's life force, right? Because she's a space vampire, as we have already much cooler title established. Carlson had set the Churchill on fire before jettisoning, hoping to prevent it from getting to Earth. You know, instead of, like, changing the trajectory of the ship, he just torches the inside and hopes, ah, everything will be all right. Fire kills everything. You know what? When I meet the thing it doesn't, I know it kills me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Problem solved either way. (laughs) The government buys this since they also just help set the naked space vampire out into the world. So like, okay, let's spread some blame around. (laughs) Whoopsie doodles. We might have butterfingered it, but this guy brought it back in the first place. Colonel Carlson seems like a real floater. Like (laughs) he just bumblefucks his way into everything and puts effort into nothing. That is a remarkably accurate description of his character. They also accept the psychic link that Carlson says he has to the vampire, which he uses to track her down. The two male vampires awake and escape by using the power to make sets explode, which, to be fair, is a cool movie power, right? It's a very cool power. (laughs) Everything around me explodes. That's great. It looks cool. And then you can walk slow motion and be unperturbed in your, your coolness. It's great. They spend their time turning London 
Carlson and the government, meanwhile, capture the female vampire, which is now in the body of Patrick Stewart, and briefly interrogate her. So here's the rub. The vampire psychically felt the humans coming, and the one that Carlson has been chasing read his mind and made herself a body in the image of his perfect woman. Later, another character exposits before his death that these aliens have visited Earth before and are where the vampire myth originates from. So this is how they decide to try a classic vampire killer, leaded iron, whatever the fuck that is. Carlson pursues the vampire because it turns out Carlson wasn't transparent about what had actually happened on the Churchill. See, he had banged the space vampire and swapped life forces with her, and now she wants her ship back so she can join her ship and fuck off. Yeah, why didn't they just use sex rather than a metaphor? It's way less gross. <laughs> like, they tried just to make a bunch of stuff, but this is basically, what was the horny mo- alien movie from the 90s that got, like, six sequels on the sci-fi Species. channel? <clears throat> <Thank> Species. <laughs> Carlson instead decides he's going to seppuku them both at the same time. So they turn into energy, zipping up to the vampire ship, which fucks right the fuck off into space or wherever. I don't know. The credits rolled. All right, let's 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 just get this out of the way. The theme of the month is don't get probed, and everyone in our movie fails miserably. Everybody got probed. There was lots of probing. Yeah, the 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 plot of the movie is that these space vampires are turning people into vampire spawn, but it's just very very horny. Like take probed in the dirtiest way you can, because that's probably happening here. Yeah, so I'm a bit confused about the baby vampires, the the half human vampires that, because when we are first introduced, the people to, that are turned, yeah, the people that are turned, they're like these crispy critters, these jerky yeah. things that they gotta feed within two hours or they turn to dust. Um, but if they feed on you, then they fluff out into looking human. And I guess they have to continue to feed every two hours to yeah, stay looking I mean, like that. I think Was that the fairly... rules? I think if we're talking vampires, we need to talk rules. What are the rules of this universe? I think you got it more or less accurate. It's a fairly consistent like vampire spawn. They need to feed within a certain period and they need to um, immediately get sustenance as well as continue to get sustenance for some time. Right. And that's a theme you see even in like. John Carpenter's vampires, where you have ancient vampires that might go long times between feedings, but young vampires need to feed frequently. So that at least fits within a consistent vampire mythos. But yeah, that, that seems to be what the movie's implying, is that the uh, the space vampires are good to go for extended periods without feeding. But any humans they bite and turn... Well, not bite, because they don't bite people to turn them. They mind-bang they- them. They kiss them and, yeah, have mind sex or maybe sometimes real sex. I'm not quite sure. Definitely, It's definitely sexual in nature. It's erotic. Everything is sexual in this movie. Yeah, even the lead vampire uh, who is an actress that wears no clothes in the entire film. There's one scene in a dream scene where she has a robe on that she very quickly takes off. But other than that, she is stark uh, new. Full she had movie. a robe on again for briefly at the end. Oh, did she? I forgot yes. that. Yeah, because it was like, is that what that red-haired lady was supposed to be wearing when she jacked her body or whatever? I don't know. Okay, so so that's a that's another good power ability, though. The, these vampires apparently can jump bodies, but they can also 
transform bodies because at one point she says that she transformed her body to look like the perfect woman for Colonel Carlson so they can both jump bodies and transform bodies. It's a little confusingly, I think uh, the, the transform bodies, I think, only applies to their own body. Okay. Um, because she read his mind before he had even walked into their dick ship room. Yeah. And that's when she made herself look like his perfect woman. But then later on, yeah, she takes over the body of a nurse at an asylum for the criminally insane, which we got to talk about in a minute. And also the body of Patrick Stewart and makes Patrick Stewart look like the sexy lady. Which is maybe all in Colonel Carlson's mind, or maybe Patrick Stewart is just overwhelmed by the sexuality of Patrick Stewart. I'm not sure. I took it as he was picturing the lady in his mind. That her voice was coming out of Patrick Stewart's body. Yeah, I also pictured that he was he was imagining her as that. But that led to my favorite note that I took for this movie, which is a man is straddling Patrick Stewart. Yeah, so uh, what what's the perspective on everybody else in this room? Because Patrick Stewart's tied up on a table, and mm-hmm. Colonel <laughs> getting Carlson up. is- Getting drugged up. Yeah. They're and shooting from, him up with morphine and pentothal. Colonel Carlson's perspective, he's seeing, seeing sexy alien space vampire trying to seduce him. Is everyone else in the room just hearing Patrick Stewart go on about how I made myself the most feminine thing of your mind? Yes, yes. Absolutely. We just need one more guy to jump in here, and we've got a lemon party. <laughs> and I'm just going to ask, who's coming with me? Yeah. It is it is disturbingly sexual. Even before we get to Patrick Stewart's scene. <laughs> Not disturbingly. It's just, like, so immaturely horny. We're trying to put a top hat on the horny. Like Canon really the top hat's tried. Too small. The top hat's too small and we're trying to force it. Even before we get to Patrick Stewart tied up with a man straddling him, the one that really did it for me is the scene with the nurse uh in her in her room oh, yeah. when Colonel Carlson and the SAS officer first break in. Oh, because man. Colonel Carlson uses his psychic powers to determine that the nurse is an extreme masochist who wants him to beat the information out of her. <laughs> oh my God, I yep. forgot that part. I literally blocked forget? it out. Ah, yeah, no, that was stop. that was actual dialogue. The movie played up as serious. Yes. And he then turns to the SAS officer to, and says, you may want to leave. And the SAS officer says, oh no, I'm perfectly happy to watch. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Uh-huh. He sits in the corner and lights a cigarette while... Carlson gets a little sexy beating in it's some weird BDSM play that yeah. I now, okay. don't know who It's not even to. a fight fuck. Thank, it's, it's right. Thank God the scene does not play out how the dialogue implied it was going to because I was terrified. Terrified. That, like, yeah. I, I was I was in another tab furiously googling like is this what led to the NC17 rating? Did I accidentally pick one of those movies that's like, oh, shit, we forgot to not allow porn. Now, I think that was just because she was naked for literally five sixths of the movie. Um, No, almost every scene. That scene. Thank you for reminding me. Not really. Um, (laughs) That was the point in the movie where I began to take a step back. Look at how the flow of this movie has gone where it starts out 
really interesting. I was super impressed by the CGI, by, or I got, yeah, some of it was CGI, it looked like. Especially for a canon film, I was like, okay, this is looking really good. So the spaceship part's fine. Okay, we got a little spooky, it feels like a spooky, tense, like, space thriller, kind of like, um... Event Horizon. It has Event, Event Horizon. Horizon vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so I was like, okay, yes. everybody's dead. Everybody's cooked. What's going on? And then it just starts taking different turns than I think it's going could possibly take. And that was the culmination of like, uh-oh, what kind of movie <laughs> is this? Yeah, no, I felt exactly the same. The first. So far it was towing the line, and now we're... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first like roughly half of this movie, I felt the same way where I was thinking like, OK, I'm not going to say the execution was flawless, but there's a, a compelling argument to be made that this is sexual in the same way that Geiger's designs for Alien were meant to be sexual and that, you know, it's supposed to be a, a, a more of an existentialist horror. And then yes. we get to she's an extreme masochist that wants me to beat it out of her, and the SAS. Oh, I don't mind being a boy. And, <laughs> and that yeah. was the like, sir, this is a Wendy's moment of the <laughs> yes, <laughs> like very so much. When we were talking about the porn continuum, this is why I'm saying that this is not really. Far off, yeah, from an Andy Sedaris film. Absolutely, which is that not is far when it crossed into porn. Andy Sedaris, right? Territory. Thank you. Thank you. They really give us a lot of opportunities to look at the lead actress naked. She is full frontal nude the entire time. In fact, so much so that they had to do some editing in some scenes to darken up so that you didn't see too much. Yeah, which is really, really obvious when it's going on. They're like, "Shit, we pushed the ratings too far." Let's yes. turn down the contrast here. Okay, listen. I have a complaint, and I feel strongly about this. I, I am so pissed off I bet that I they'll full frontal her, <laughs> but wouldn't full frontal the two twinks she was traveling with. Yeah, yeah. They worked really hard not to show us space vampire dong in this movie. And like, it was actually two good-looking 80s dudes. <laughs> this time, you can't blame the director or canon. They wanted to show you male nude, but they wouldn't Aww. be allowed to and get a good rating or, you know, get a non-NC-17 rating. So that's why you don't get any male dong. This is unacceptable. That's also why they blurred out some of the some of the vag parts. This also, is, why The patriarchy she, hurts men, too. This is Thundergun and it hurt all them. over. <laughs> this is Thundergun all over again. Release the dong cut. Yes. It's also why she has pubic hair. They had her shave it, and she is a a fresh-looking 18-year-old, and everyone went, oh, no, 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 we need a little. <laughs> they gave her a Merkin. Yeah, I, incredible performance by that actress, given that apparently she had to learn, when she auditioned for this role, she had to learn her lines phonetically because she didn't speak English. Yeah, French. she's French. She did some cool, she looked she, like her, so apparently she has a ballerina background, and she uses that to move in ways that are alien and uncomfortable. And she does give you a spooky vibe. Her physicality acting, because she has, like, no lines, is good. Yeah, the the, the, yeah. the horniness aside, there are some individual scenes of this movie that pull off this, like, space horror vibe really well. 
and yeah. did give me especially the uh the scene when they first pick up Colonel Carlson and they're having the flashback to him describing what happened on the ship that had some really Kubrickian vibes for me and I really yes, enjoyed it did. that scene. Yes if it did. They would have picked this but the whole movie was like that 30 day period before they got to Earth then it would have worked. I if they would have stayed in space. If they hadn't come to Earth this could have been a good movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I think yeah. it would have been much better as a space horror. Absolutely. I. But the minute I, they came to Earth, shit went off the rails. Yeah, they came to Earth. The space vampires are now stealing souls that they shoot up into space through Your a giant flashlight. They completely abandoned the fact that there was like these weird bat creatures on the ship. They didn't yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up with the Nothing. bat things? Okay, let's talk about that. So it's when they first entered the dick ship, they see all these crispy fried bats in suspended animation but are like they snap Just apart floating. like a slim jim right. and they're like let's put let's put a net over this one and let's plan on taking it back to the ship but let's keep going wouldn't you just grab that take it and then come back it doesn't seem like you're like we're gonna hold this here we're gonna keep going in though i, I mean i was mostly offended by the fact that immediately upon finding this clearly alien creature one of the supposed scientists doesn't just touch it he grabs it he and breaks snaps it. a finger off of it correct and yeah like, oh look yeah. at how desiccated they are why are you destroying the first alien we've ever found oh wait you're british never mind <laughs> i can't believe i just invented this bat yeah it has some i don't want to say good ideas but some genuinely like creepy vibes going on for it at times um especially during that first half of the movie or so when it's a lot less clear what it, what even is going on um yeah as soon as things come back down to earth and i especially once we get past the horniness and it just becomes a very bog standard like oh no aliens are attacking and there's a giant space laser like it's borderline marvel movie at this point yeah yeah i was also shocked at the whole oh my God, there's a plague in the city. And I was like, has it been longer than I thought it was? Like, I thought maybe like three hours had passed yeah, by. They, it seemed like they'd been gone for like maybe like uh, an <laughs> afternoon lunch and they come back and London is fucking burning. On fire. Right. Everything is right. on fire. People are screaming, crashing cars and shit. I, like, I thought maybe, maybe three hours, four at the max. And it makes for a thin excuse to put up walls for the protagonists. Like at one point they get quarantined and then they immediately get out of quarantine with no work. And it, it, the whole thing feels like manufactured from the beginning to end to put roadblocks in to delay the movie from getting to its main plot point. And I fucking hated that. I fucking hated that. Yeah. Like when, when they get put into quarantine, the SAS officer pulls rank to get them past it. But then nobody actually verifies any of it. They just move on right. to the next scene. And it's just, it was just dissatisfying of like, why did you make me go through that if you weren't going to even pretend to enforce it? If you're going to do that, just cut me to the part where they're already having a conversation and be like, God, that was a bitch getting through all your quarantine or something, you know, or, or we, we wasted valuable time getting through your quarantine. Great. Then I would have known that it happened and that it, it was a roadblock for them, but you don't give or a fuck enough about it to show me. give us a motherfucking travel montage. <laughs> give, me a mon give me the montage. Cannon, I love 
Here's an episode of Casey begging for a montage right. from Canon, which is just I think Canon film, I think a great montage. <laughs> I got an idea. So they have to do the two hours of quarantine. And that's where we put all the horny scenes into a montage while they're stuck in quarantine. Yes. But yeah, get it everything. out of the way. I want to be able to fast forward through this to watch the rest of this mildly interesting, unsettling movie. So I don't know if you know this, Dave, but did you know that when Patrick Stewart kisses Tom Carlson, that is his first on-screen kiss? The angel got its wings. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that, and it is incredible. I love that so much. I also love that. How romantic is that? The first on-screen kiss of Patrick Stewart. That is fucking great. I do know that <laughs> he said that uh, Toby Hooper, the director of this movie, was his favorite director to work with. No shit. Yeah. This is the guy who directed the fucking Chainsaw Massacre. Really? <laughs> yeah. And and He had another really... Oh, uh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist was also oh. directed by the same director as this. Well, that's why he pulls off the horror vibe. I... I really thought that this was going to go in a similar direction to what Event Horizon does. And I think Event Horizon is a genuinely terrifying horror film. It scares the shit out of me. I don't like to watch it because it Same. makes me so uncomfortable. Incredibly. And this hits on that. There are times that Life Force has me feeling that of, I don't feel good and I don't like what's going on. But then it does the weirdly horniness and then the bog standard alien affair I don't know. Just turns me off. Also, yeah, I don't like feeling dread and horny at the same time. Yeah, it was, <laughs> no thanks. It was strange, and especially when you include the incredibly uncomfortable, like BDSM. I'm gonna masturbate while I watch you slap her scene, and immediately follow up with Patrick Stewart delivering the line, "He's been a very naughty boy." <laughs> so that is whiplash. I cannot go from <laughs> uncomfortable to horny that quickly. And I shouldn't have to. <laughs> From the moment this film started, it was horny. I forgot to even mention, if you look down the list of the cast, Steve rails back. You rail him, but he rails back. <laughs> oh! Frank Finley, Frank Finley. <laughs> Peter ah. Firth, more like Peter Girth. Nicholas Ball. Michael got hard? <laughs> Michael <laughs> got real hard. Thank you. I'm reading these names and was like, oh, yep, this is definitely a canon film. I bet these are all oh. ex-porn stars. Oh, God. They're not. John Woodnut. Uh, Please see a doctor. <laughs> Please. In the splinters. <laughs> the splinters. All right. Well, no matter how long we talk about it, the vampire dong is not going to appear. So John Golightly. John Golightly is one of the names. <laughs> I gotta so stop looking. We, we need to get down to it and ask the question we do every week. Casey, we'll kick it off with you. Disappointment over the lack of vampire dong aside, 1985's Life Force, would you watch it again? Number one, there's gotta be a cut where give us the dong cut. Uncut the dong. This movie subverted expectations in every good and bad way possible for me. I 
did not know what to expect coming in. I was super displeased with the fact that it's like an hour before Patrick Stewart is even on screen. It is so 14-year-old horny in some of the best and worst way possible. But yes, I think I would watch this again. Wow! Parts of this are done really well. Better than they should be, especially for a canon film. Yeah. Especially for a canon film. The sum they got right is really right. And then the rest that they got wrong is just a canon film, which I always enjoy. I just don't like these two flavors together. But it is something mm. that I think I would have on again. Wow. I'm passively subject. Ah. I'm shocked myself. So, Jay, I don't know what I think about myself, but you got to tell me what you think about you. Would you watch The Space Vampires, a.k.a. Life Force, again? Man, I really felt the canon vibe in a lot of this. It is weirdly horny, though, and it feels (laughs) like a couple of disjointed movies bolted together, which I guess checks out for a canon film, right? I wish that there was more of the wildness, the things that attract me to it. It's, it's almost like some of the, the B movie in this is accidental in a way that also feels not canony and doesn't feel like the right fun accidental, but more just kind of like, eh. and so while I think this is a, a canon film, I was not as thrilled or engaged with it as I thought I'd be. And the parts that I think work the best are the space horror and it works. When it works, it makes me real uncomfortable. And I don't like space horror. <laughs> I don't really like that. So, no, I'm I'm not going to watch it again because I don't want to be bored slash uncomfortable. It doesn't work for me. It's just not a thing that I'm going to do. But, Dave, you brought this. So, we're going to give it up to you. Finishing out this week, Life Force, would you watch it again? God, this is a weird fucking movie. Yeah. I just genuinely don't know what to take from this movie because it is just so unnecessarily horny in the worst possible ways. (laughs) But at the same time, the scene when they first recover uh, the Colonel and he's describing what happened on the ship and they're talking about the space horror in that flashback. I was genuinely captivated. It was a really well put together scene that felt like I was watching fucking 2001 again. Like it's, it's entirely accidental. There is no way that this was a, sh- a swing and a hit. Like they, somebody got really lucky. But the parts of this that I like, I really like, and the rest of it is, it's like a car crash. I just can't look away. So I think yes, I am gonna rubberneck oh! life force again. Wow! Wow! Dave. And I'm going to come back to this confusing fucking mess of a meal again. And I don't even I know what part I'm doing I will watch that with you, sir. This is the film equivalent of a McGangbang. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This yeah, is... this is a McRib of a film. And <laughs> you're all confused. <laughs> and it tricks you into watching it again. But that's it. Two out of three of us are going to come back for another pass at Life Force, and maybe it'll make more sense. One out of three of us is going to spare our sanity and skip that stare into the abyss. But what about you, listeners at home? Have you seen it? Would you watch it again? I, I truly don't know. 
So, that's it for our individual picks, but we do still have a couple weeks left of Don't Get Broke, which means we need to watch a few more things. So, Jay, what are we going to be watching next week? On next week's episode, we are going to watch something a little bit newer. It's going to be 2020's Psycho Goreman. That sounds like you just made up a name of something, but okay, fuck it, I'm game. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Casey.cinema, like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. I don't know, donate to a Buy Us a Robe fund on Patreon slash Shitty Cinema or PeepShittyCinema.com. Check the show notes for those links, and in the meantime, let's turn off the lights, make Dave grow a full bush, because people think he's a little girl all the time, all the time. Huh? <laughs>